yes, it is. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, yes, it is all. Amen. I'm glad I know that today. I'm thankful that I can rejoice that I know who He is. He is the mighty God in Christ. Amen. So good to see you today. It feels good in the house of the Lord. Woo. Amen. I'm, I'm grateful that you're in the house of God. Why don't you turn and smile a Holy Ghost smile at somebody near you and tell them how good it is to see them in the house of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, God is good. He is so good. Yes, He is. Amen. He is so, so good. So good to see Jill and the boys, and I think it's Sophie here. Where is she? Okay, back there. Have them home for a few days, and uh, grateful for that. We love. Good to see my brother back after hip surgery. Amen. And all of our guests, we welcome you to Greater Life Church. If you've never been in a Pentecostal church before, we're not crazy. We're just in love with Jesus. Amen. Oh, yes. We're just in love with him. Praise God. Somebody might be thinking today that this is some kind of gimmick, this Christmas in July. But the truth is... The idea started in the 1800s, first time it was mentioned. Uh, and for various reasons, people have capitalized on it in, in times when uh, things were not good to try to pick it up and turn the tide. And I think Christmas ought to be that way for all of us. When we think about the Lord's coming and all that he did for us, we ought to be able to be lifted in that. Amen. You can be seated. I'm going to read my text in a moment, but I'm going to just start. I hope I don't ramble today. I've been gone a few days, so that's uh, a dear friend of mine <clears throat> who pastors. Uh, my brother-in-law was a member of his church for a long time, and he said he always hated <clears throat> when the when his pastor went out of town because when he came back in, it was going to be two hours. <laughs> I promise you I won't go two hours. Today. Ready. You're ready. Well, I'm not. <laughs> I know it may seem sacrilege to some of you that we would even suggest the idea of Christmas in July, but please don't label us heretics yet. Amen. Uh, you might think, how in the world can we celebrate this 
when we're, we're having 100-degree temperatures. To me, it's a great idea. kind of makes your mind, kind of messes with your mind. You know, Christmas is supposed to be cooler. But <clears throat> I want to ask you a question. Is having a hot Christmas instead of a cold Christmas what makes the idea so outrageous? Because if it is, there's been people doing that for years. We live in the Northern Hemisphere, so we enjoy Christmas in what is considered the winter season. But those that live in the Southern Hemisphere, they're enjoying summertime. And so they have to learn to celebrate. And I hope I don't uh, give anybody a cardiac arrest today, but we really don't know when Jesus was born. We only know that he was born. We don't know the day or the month. And so I think we can celebrate that any time that we would want. But for the sake of time today, I want to talk to you about the incomparable one. The incomparable one. Perhaps a good reason for the celebration today is not to remind us uh, of what is obvious but to remind us of what we overlook. Sometimes we make a great emphasis upon the when of his birth, and really we should be making emphasis on the that of his birth, that he was born. What month it was, what day it was, what time of the year it was, is it, it, it's not as significant as the fact that he was born in Bethlehem. Amen. Galatians 4 and 4 said, When the fullness of time was come, that God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, put under the law. What matters today to you and I should be the fact that he came into our world and he made a difference for all of us. Here is what matters. After that the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward man appeared, he said that in Titus chapter 3, and he said it again in Titus chapter 2, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. What really matters today is what we find in John chapter 1. And that's where I would like to take you for our reading of our text. He said, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was the life, and the life was the light of men, and the light that shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light, that the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into 
the world. He was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, but his own received him not. But as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God and the Word. Everybody say, and the Word. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. What we have come to celebrate this morning is not just when he came, but that he came. And it could be in midsummer or winter. It doesn't really matter. What I am rejoicing over today is what I have just read to you in John chapter 1. What matters is the Logos that is mentioned in John's writing. The word Logos carries the powerful expression of God in creation and in revelation and in redemption. God gives to us, or John gives to us, this new and unique view of God, Christ Jesus, would be the living expression. He would be the living, visible expression. God in flesh. Here is how God in flesh would look. He is the divine expression of all that God is and contains and reveals. And just as you and I express ourselves in our words, God expressed himself in Jesus Christ. And this is God's eternal message to mankind. A Savior is born in the city of David. And you can go there and find him wrapped in swaddling clothes. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people For unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. This is what Christmas declares to us whether it is in December or in July or April or May. So if Jesus whom we adore is the eternal message we should celebrate his coming every day of our life. There should be Christmas in our life at every occasion because his coming is important. It doesn't matter the season or the time of the year. It is the fact that he came and we celebrate him every day of the year for all times of the year, in all seasons of the year. We celebrate and we rejoice in his coming May I be so bold as to suggest to you this morning that on this hot July day, that in the midst of a dreadful heat wave, 
Why not pause and let's celebrate afresh the reason for all seasons. Not just the winter, but the summer as well. Not just the spring, but the fall as well. He is the reason for all seasons. And He is the reason that we are here today and we celebrate Him and His greatness. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We celebrate Him because He was the unique one. That's how Scripture describes Him as the unique one. It means He is unparalleled. He is unsurpassed. He is unmatched. He is unrivaled. He is unequal. And He is unchallenged. No one was ever born like He was born. No one ever lived like He lived. And no one ever spoke like He spoke. Nobody ever died like He did. And nobody ever rose like He did. His Word denied death. And His power invalidated impossibilities. And His love broke down every barrier. For there is no one else like Him. He is one and only one. The unique one. The unchallenged one. The unparalleled. Amen. Paul wanted you and I to understand our Savior's love for us. And so he wrote in Ephesians 1 that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of your calling. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. Exceeding simply means that God pours out his love in a way that is beyond human imagination. That God's greatness is beyond anything we can comprehend. And this power that is incomprehensible is directed toward us. It is directed toward you and I every day of our life. And so we come to celebrate this morning, not just that he came, but we celebrate why he came. He came for you and I. He came because we needed him to come. But more important than that, he came because in the very beginning of time, he made a promise to a man and a woman who had fallen in sin. And he said, I just want you to know that sin is not going to have the final say in life. The serpent's going to bruise your heel, but I am going to bruise his head. I am going to take care of him. And when I come... Amen. He became the great promise to all of us. And that's why we can rejoice when Matthew wrote, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Plural. Hallelujah. I am so thankful this morning 
but I know that he came and I know why he came. He came because you and I needed him to come. Listen to how Luke describes it in chapter one. He said, and thou child, speaking of John, shalt be called the prophet of the highest for you shall go before the face of the Lord. So he is saying that God's face is going to be seen in somebody and that somebody was the Lord Jesus Christ, the physical body. So you're going to go before the face of the Lord to prepare his way and to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercies of our God whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. He went on to write in Luke chapter 19, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. I'm glad that I know that he came. I'm even more glad that I know why he came. But what I really rejoice over is what I have discovered about who it is that came. Who it is that revealed himself in the way that he did. He came from the bosom of the father to the bosom of the woman. He put on humanity that we might put on divinity. He became man that we might become the sons of God. He came from heaven where the rivers never freeze and the winds never blow and the frost never chills and the flowers never fade and no one ever dies. He was born contrary to nature, lived in poverty, reared in obscurity. Only once did he cross the boundaries of the land of his childhood. He had no wealth or influence and neither training nor formal education. His relatives were inconspicuous and uninfluential. In infancy, he startled a king. In manhood, he ruled the course of nature. He walked upon the billows and hushed the sea to sleep. He healed the multitudes without medicine and made changes to their services. He never wrote a book and yet all the libraries of the country could not hold the books that have been written about him. He never wrote a song and yet he's furnished the theme of more songs than all the songwriters combined. He never founded a college and yet all the schools together cannot boast as many students as he has. He was never practiced in psychiatry and yet he has healed more broken hearts and broken minds than any doctor that has ever lived. He never marshaled an army, never drafted a soldier, never fired a gun, yet no leader has ever made more volunteers who gave themselves under his hand and they gave their life for his cause. 
He was Abel's sacrifice. He was Noah's rainbow. He was Abraham's ram. He was Isaac's well. He was Jacob's ladder. He was Moses' rod. He was David's slingshot. He was Samuel's horn of oil. He was Peter's shadow. He was Paul's crown of righteousness. Does anybody know who I'm talking about this morning? Oh, his name is Jesus. And he came for us. He's a husband to the widow. He's a father to the fatherless. To those walking in the dark of night, he's the bright and morning star. To those walking in the lonesome valley, he's the lily of the valley. He's the rose of Sharon. He's the rock of ages. He's the rock in a weary land. He is the honey out of the rock. And he is the staff of life. He is the pearl of great price. He is the prince of peace. He is the beauty of 10,000 and the savior of man's soul. That's why I rejoice today because of who he is. Oh, yes. Shall I continue? He is the cup that runneth over, the rod and the staff that comfort me, the lion of the tribe of Judah that breaks every chain and sets men free. The government of our lives is upon his shoulder. He is the harmonizer of all discord and the healer of all diseases. The express image of God's person, the king of glory, the king of glory, the king of glory. And he is the Lord of lords. He is king of kings. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's why I rejoice today. Because I know who he is. Woo. Shall I continue? In mathematics, he multiplied five loaves of bread and fed 10,000 or 5,000. In zoology, he is the lamb slain for, for our salvation. In botany, he is the flower that never fades. In biology, he is the life everlasting. In history, he is the alpha and omega. In physics, he is the one that disproved the laws of gravity by ascending up on high. In chemistry, he changes water into sweet wine. To the architect, he is the chief cornerstone. To the artist, he is the altogether lovely one. To the baker, he is the bread of life. To the banker, he is the hidden treasure. To the carpenter, he is the door of life. To the farmer, he is the sower and the Lord of the harvest. To the horticulturist, he is the true vine. To the philosopher, he is the wisdom of God. To the journalist, he is the great news of glad tidings. To every student, he is the incarnate one. And to the servant, he is the good master. To the statesman, he is the devourer of all nations. And to the sinner, he is the lamb of God that taken away the sin of the world. 
shall I continue? In Genesis, he is the seed of the woman. In Exodus, he is the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he is our high priest. In Numbers, he is the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he is the prophet like in the Moses. In Joshua, he is the captain of our salvation. In Judges, he is our judge and lawgiver. In Ruth, he is Jesus in God, our kinsman redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, he is our trusted prophet. In Kings and Chronicles, he is our reigning king. In Ezra, he is our faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he is the rebuilder of the broken walls of our shattered lives. In Esther, he is Mordecai. In Job, he is the everlasting redeemer. In Psalms, he is the Lord, our shepherd. Oh yes, in Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, he is our wisdom. In Song of Solomon, he is the lover of our soul and our bridegroom. In Isaiah, he is the prince of peace. In Jeremiah and Lamentation, he is the weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, he is the wonderful four-faced man. In Daniel, he is the fourth man in the fire. Hallelujah. In Hosea, he is the eternal husband, forever married to the backslider. In Joel, he is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. In Amos, he is our burden bearer. In Obadiah, he is our savior. In Jonah, he is the great foreign missionary. In Micah, he is the messenger with beautiful feet. In Nahum, he is Jesus in God, our adventure. Habakkuk, he is the evangelist pleading for revival. In Zephaniah, he is the Lord mighty to save. In Haggai, he is the restorer of the lost heritage. I said he is the restorer of the lost heritage. In Zechariah, he is a fountain open to the house of David for the sins of, and, or their sins and uncleanness. For Malachi, he is the son of righteousness rising with healing in his wings. Does anybody know why I love him today? Do you understand why I praise him? Do you understand why I get a little radical in my praise? Do you understand why I've got to take a moment and I've got to rejoice in what I know he is to my life? Shall I continue? In Matthew, he is Messiah. In Mark, he is wonder worker. In Luke, he is the son of God. Our son of man in John, he is the son of God. In Acts, he is the Holy Spirit flowing down upon our lives. In Romans, he is the justifier. In First and Second Corinthians, he is the sanctifier. In Galatians, he is the redeemer from the curse of the law. In Ephesians, he is the Christ of unsearchable riches. In Philippians, he is the God who supplies all our need. Oh, in Colossians, he is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. First and Second Thessalonians, he is our soon coming king. First and Second Timothy, he is the mediator between God and man. Titus, he is the faithful pastor. Philemon, he is the friend of the oppressed. Hebrews, he is the blood of the everlasting covenant. James, he is the Lord who raises the sick. First and second Peter, he is the chief shepherd who will soon appear. First, second, and third John, he is love. In Jude, he is the Lord coming with 10,000 of his saints. And in Revelation, oh, he is our king of kings. He is our Lord of lords. Woo! Yes. 
continue. He's the calendar of the world and the regeneration of the human race. He is the pivot around whom the ages will revolve. Great men have come and gone, yet he lives on. Herod could not kill him. Satan could not seduce him. Sickness could not devour him. Death could not destroy him. And the grave could not hold him. He laid aside his purple robe for a presence gown. He was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor. He became poor that out of his poverty we might become rich. How poor was he? Ask Mary. Ask the wise men. He slept in another man's manger. He cruised the lake in another person's boat. He rode on another man's donkey and he was buried in another man's tomb. Yet he is the chief among 10,000. He is the altogether lovely one. He is the Christ. He is the living God incarnate. And he is the one who has come to save my soul. Hallelujah. Although time has spread more than 1900 years between the people of this generation and the scene of his birth and his crucifixion, he still lives. He stands forth today upon the highest pinnacle of heavenly glory, proclaimed of God, acknowledged by angels, adored by saints, and feared by devils as the living personal Christ. Who is he? He is my Lord and my God. I said he is my Lord and my God. His name is Jesus. I said his name is Jesus. And that name is the name that disposes sin and disbands demonic powers and disperses darkness and depreciates fear and disintegrates impossibilities and dissolves difficulties and dislocates the mountains. He is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He that was and is and is to come. He is the keeper of creation and the creator of all things. He is the architect of the universe and the manager of all times. He always was. He always is. He always will be. Unmoved. Unchanged. Undefeated. And never undone. Oh, yes. Yes. I'm about through. He was bruised. And his bruising brought our healing. He was pierced. And it eased our pain. He was persecuted. And brought, bought our freedom. He was dead. And brought life. He is risen. And brings power. He reigns. And he brings peace. The world can't understand him. The armies cannot defeat him. Schools cannot explain him. And leaders can't ignore him. He is the ever-present one. He is the almighty. He is the everlasting. He is the unchanging. 
Herod couldn't kill him. The Pharisees couldn't confuse him. And the grave couldn't hold him. Nero couldn't crush him. Hitler or Stalin couldn't silence him. Other religions cannot replace him. And the world cannot explain him away. He is light. He is love. He is Lord. He is goodness. He is kindness. He is gentleness. He is God. He is holy. He is righteous. He is mighty. He is powerful. He is pure. Do you want to know why I love him today? He's my redeemer. Yes. He's the lover of my soul. He's my God. Come on, you can stand. I won't let you do that anymore. He is my guide. He is my peace. He is my joy. He is my comfort. He is my Lord. He is my God. And he rules my life. Amen. Oh, does anybody know who he is today? Oh, Jesus, we celebrate you today. In the midst of a hot summer season, we celebrate the fact that you came. And we know why you came. And we better understand today who you are. The unquenchable light. The Bible said that the light shineth in the darkness. I love this verse of scripture. The light shineth in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. That's not, that's, that's not how it literally says. The literal saying is that he, light shined in the darkness and the darkness could not put it out. Hey, if you feel like you're in a dark place, you need to start looking around because where he is, there's light. And I've got news for you. The darker this world gets, the brighter his light ought to shine in all of us. Yeah. If you got dark thoughts in your mind you need to get to an altar and ask God to wash your mind so you can realize who he is I'm not walking in darkness I'm a child of light I I feel a running spirit coming on me I'm going to have to just do this death could not hold you Whoa. They'll tore before Hallelujah. you. You silenced the 